Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish going to be speaking to Professor Matthias Desmet. He's a professor of clinical psychology at Ghent University in Belgium. Looking very forward, we're going to be talking about mass formation psychosis. It is the hypnotizing of an entire population. Context is if you look at the Holocaust, if you look at apartheid, if you look at COVID, you look at what's happening in the world right now where the facts on the ground People are not interested in the facts of the ground. They've made up their mind. It's almost like they are hypnotized into believing what they want to believe. So I want to find out where does it come from? How does it happen? How do we stop ourselves from becoming victims of mass formation psychosis? Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Right? And... Uh, Yes, how do we educate people about mass formation psychosis? So joining me right now is Professor Matthias Desmet. He's a professor of clinical psychology. And um, I have been wanting to speak to you for the longest time. Good morning, and how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. I'm glad to hear thank that. You. Thank you for having me on. Yes. It is a huge privilege. I have watched practically everything that you have done all your YouTube videos all your interviews you are a fascinating, fascinating man and I wanted to speak to you I mean you've written this book The Psychology of Totalitarianism um, which you know often people hear totalitarianism they, they start shutting down so I wanted to just focus on mass formation psychosis and how an entire population can become um, hypnotized, and I think that we are seeing it in the world at the moment, even as it relates not just from COVID, but as it relates to what's happening in the Middle East and the different sides that people take. Yes, that, that, that's true. Yes, um, uh, I, I, I think that the, the the first fully fledged mass formation uh, in decades was the was the the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are many many. Uh, phenomena that look like a mass formation, but that are not really it, and they are sometimes called massification. Uh, they are like weaker, weaker versions of of the real mass formations. But indeed, it's it's clear that that uh, in many ways, since since the Corona crisis, new mass formations emerged. Uh, um, for instance, where people got in the grip of the Ukraine narrative. Uh, 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 and then the the entire woke ideology also seems to lead to a to a mass formation, and then um, the war in the Middle East. Uh, yes, also I think um, uh, I agree. The, the problem with the problem with mass formation is that that um, it's the root cause of mass formation at the psychological level is loneliness, and and the mass formation seems to take away the loneliness it seems to reconnect people but it actually doesn't it even disconnects them more leads to even more loneliness and that's the reason why after one mass formation you often see a second one then a third one that is fascinating fascinating. so so how much of this is just fallout from the pandemic where a lot of us became very much isolated in how we were living and a lot of us have maintained that limited social contact. Yes, 
Um, exactly. Like back in back in February uh, 2021, uh, 2022, um, we've seen how when, for instance, when when students uh, were allowed to go back to university, they just didn't. Only only five percent did, yeah. and that's that's this typical that's this typical consequence of of mass formation. Like in in a, in a mass formation, it it seems that people reconnect and they all fight the same heroic war. For instance, with a virus, um, uh, but what they are connected not as from one individual to another individual. They are connected from one and each individual separately connects to a collective ideal that means that after a while um, when a mass formation continues to exist for a longer time all the all the love and all the solidarity is, is really sucked away from the from the bonds between individuals and it's all injected invested in the bond between the individual and the collective and in the end that leads to a, to a state where people feel much much more solidarity with with the collective than with with each other with another with, with the other people and mm-hmm. and that that's the reason why in totalitarian states and in the last stage of mass formations t- uh, e- even children feel more solidarity with the state than with their parents and the other way around uh, parents feel more solidarity with the collective than with their children and they report their children to the state even if that means that their child will die so that's that's this this dramatic dramatic end stage of mass formation, uh, and and which 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 makes people in the end uh, feel completely disconnected from each other, and 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 feel completely lonely. It's almost like a zombie state where people don't want to believe the facts on the ground as they're seeing it, right? It, it, it's, yes, absolutely. It's how does one wake somebody up? And firstly, firstly, let's even uh, even before that. How do we know that we aren't being affected by mass formation? Yes, that's 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 the uh, uh, most important question, of course, because I believe that in the Corona crisis we've seen this this major mass formation, which was provoked by the by the mainstream narrative, but we also saw uh, other small counter mass formations. In which, in which people also started to believe in, in quite absurd uh, uh, theories, um, uh, and which also led to, 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 to minor mass formations. And that's, that's extremely dangerous, because if the people who do not fall prey to the first major mass formation uh, are in the grip of, a, of an alternative counter-mass formation, then you will always see that the small masses will be destroyed. Usually, in the end, they will be destroyed, just because they, you have two masses... Uh, then, who confront each other and and which that which function according to the same destructive principles, and in that case, the smaller mass is usually destroyed. So, um, what what you can do against mass formation? So it's we we always have to have to be very very um, aware not to fall prey to mass formation ourselves. And there is there's actually uh, there is one thing the one thing we should do is that we should continue to speak out. I repeat that time and time again. You can understand that 
from 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 the psychological theory on, on mass formation that I presented, but you can also see it empirically, uh, historically speaking, um, it's clear that the totalitarian states and the, 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 the masses in totalitarian states, that they started to become aggressive at the moment the people who defied them, the resistance, um, uh, stopped to speak out in public space. So when when there is a mass formation, the people who do not fall prey to it usually will try to wake up the people in the masses. They, they will try to show them how absurd the beliefs are uh, they buy into. And and but they they will usually be disappointed first yes. because they will notice yes. they, they they will typically notice that they do not succeed in waking up the masses because a mass formation is an extremely strong phenomenon. But, and now, and this is really so crucial, it's not because you do not succeed in waking up the masses that you don't, do not have an impact on them. You do have an impact on them. If you continue to speak out in an as sincere way as possible, and this is very important, without trying to convince the masses, you should never try to convince. Just speak because you want to live up to the ethical duty of articulating the words that seem sincere and honest to you. So if you speak out, if you speak out in this way, time and time again, in public space, then you won't succeed in waking up the masses, but your speech will prevent the masses from going to the last stage where they start to become convinced that it is their ethical duty to destroy everyone who doesn't go along with them. And that's what masses typically tend to end up in. They start to believe that they have to eliminate and criminalize and stigmatize everyone who doesn't go along with them. And if you if you continue to speak out, if people continue to speak out in a sincere way, not trying to convince uh, uh, other people, then you will see that the masses won't go to the last stage, to the stage where they become extremely aggressive and destructive. That has been observed time and time again um, uh, since uh, scholars started to, to study mass formation. For instance, people like Gustave Le Bon have described it very well. It's just, there is the one thing we should do, and it is practicing the art of sincere speech. I, I, practicing this art, we have to these, these times, when you are confronted with emerging totalitarianism, we have to be, to, 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 to know that it's the most, it's the strongest impetus to practice the art of sincere speech. Uh, it's an interesting thing is that when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. And that's, I think that that would be the, the source and the starting point for sincere speech is just always telling the truth. Exactly. Yeah. Professor, thank you very, very much for uh, for joining yeah. us this morning, and I uh, really do hope that we get to chat again for a bit longer. <laughs> but uh, yes. thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank, thank you for you so having much. me on. God bless. Bye bye.